Dad Pod. Well, this is a video thing as well. Have a name. Podcast. Or midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Dadcast: Misadventures in Parenting, brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasures Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, one surprise toy in every chest. And we're live. The uh, magic red button that says record. You can't see it at home, but don't worry, it's there. It's very important because otherwise, everybody would lose faith in uh, the technologically inept dad. It's a sign of things to come. All the dads are here this week. Adrian's here. Hello. Nathan is here, but distracted as usual. He's on his phone. Be present in the moment, Nathan. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is a good reflection into my general home life. We feel like your wife and children here. And uh, Dave is here. Dave, how are you? Yeah, Dave is here. And um, Dave has spent the last hour letting the other people in this house know that I was about to go live and I would not be able to take Mm. any requests. And we are now recording for, what, 18 seconds? And the first I'm hungry demand has come in. Oh, the I'm hungry <laughs> Hungry is now, it's their latest trick. Half nine, they filter down like a little troop of Oh my of God, what is with the evening hunger? I don't know. Is it, are you getting it too? Oh my Jesus, every night. Daddy, I'm You hungry. yourself. Okay, what would you like? Can I have a banana? Five seconds later, banana's been demolished, followed by three or four pieces of brown bread with butter, a cheese string, some tuck crackers, a cereal bar. I'm going, this kid obviously has worms. This is after dinner. This is like, it would probably could be a couple of hours after their dinner, yeah. And we're talking about eight o'clock territory, just as the shutters are about to come down. But I'm hungry. Ours are actually post bed. They've already been up to bed and you think, okay, oh, we're gonna no. have like 15 minutes of quiet now. And it's down and it's like, I like, what can you do? You know, are you, what, what's the, which of the nurse? rhymes is she waxed them and puts them to supper puts them to bed without any supper it's like oh mother hubbard is that what happens at the end of that i can't remember but, well, they're, not um, just those, um, huh? they're just playing you they, the hunger is just a tool to get out of, back out of bed i mean maybe but what if they're actually legitimately hungry what if they're going through a simultaneous growth spurt and here we are denying them the bread that's just in the press that i'm like a little bit too lazy to get off the couch because i think this is my me time I'm well, sorry, I've just clicked on Netflix. I haven't even opened it die. yet. They won't die of malnutrition between now and tomorrow a.m. No, no. <laughs> Will they ever forget the cruel, hard parents who are like lying on the couch eating our own crap? But <laughs> 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 no. you've got, uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do have. <laughs> yes. And what about it? Yeah. Yeah, it's your house, you can do the same. I don't quite, I'm not quite at that stage just yet, but like, there's definitely like a, an, an old man character in my head. I just have to leap through that door and I will, I will inhabit that character. When it's your house, when it's your rules. We used to have a school teacher that used to eat in front of us all the time. If he's listening, he knows who he is. <laughs> and it might be, we'd be getting towards that stage of the day where you were the furthest period of time from your last break and the furthest period of time from your next break. So somewhere in the middle. And he, he used to like entire packet of biscuits. Lovely, oh, wow. like Kimberly bis- Mikado biscuits and some lovely white bread ham and cheese sandwiches. And we're starving at this stage. And he's our munching away while we're actually in class doing things. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what our kids are saying. Mammy and daddy are sitting on the couch drinking a beer and eating some crisps. And they're starving to death upstairs. 
I, I, there is definitely something in the growth spurts causing the hunger uh, and you should probably feed them. Like, you know, they're you need to find growth. a way of diagnosing a growth spurt. So you can tell that they're because, being like, Well, you don't talk about growth spurts as much as they get older, but like when they're, when they're very young, everything is just thrown as probably a growth spurt. Yeah, it's a way to excuse every bit of bad behavior. Yeah. <laughs> and, and salve your guilt for being a bad parent that causes circumstance that they were completely uh, irrational to, um, to occur. Adrian, I thought, was it last week you were away? Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah, okay. So you were, you put something into the group about what to do when your child is having a complete meltdown and oh, the yeah. restaurant is looking at you. I forgot about that, yeah. 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 Wanna... yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, should will I do a takedown of the various locations I was at? I like Nathan's sort of scything from the knees of I probably never named in the end venue. No, but I, I've, I've moved on with my life now. They get away with it. Other people can suffer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, um, had a had a great old time. Ten days away. Um, you never know where those things are going to go, do you? Like it can be. Jesus, and to be fair, at times like woof, stressful as all hell, stressful, brilliant, funny. Like, uh, want to tear your hair out, want to run away. We had an ongoing joke where it was like, at breakfast time or dinner time, I'd be like, I might just go over here and eat my breakfast away from all of you absolute mentalists. Um, but yeah, the 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 restaurant thing is definitely a thing that, um. It's probably it's it's I guess it's it's worse for you, isn't it, as a parent of the child or children who are losing the plot than it is uh, for everybody else really who's in. Well, the on that we we uh, were having lunch out recently. It was one of the first times that we were out, and um, a couple who were a couple of seats over loudly and ostentatiously asked the waiter if they could move because the kids were making too much noise. Well, now they're just wankers. I'm sorry. I don't know. I mean, when you think about it, I have I have a little bit of sympathy for them because our kids were making a lot of noise. They were making, and they were they were pretty active. And that, this was obviously one of the early stages where people were getting back out in public for the very first time. And oh, are you like months and months of lockdown? Your first experience is completely ruined by three rugrats uh, yeah. hollering and hooting and beating the living jesus out of each other. I, don't, I didn't blame them. Certainly, I wasn't going to go over and lecture them and say, you're an asshole. And, you know. No, but you were thinking that. And that's, I think, legitimate. They were total assholes. Um, but, like, yeah, I don't know. Where, where we were, they had, they had obviously identified that here were a couple of troublemakers coming in, and they put us in an area of the restaurant where there were very few other people anyway. And obviously, no matter what restaurant you're in at the minute, there are reduced numbers either way. But the youngest one, who, to be fair to her, is like... Um, like uh, if God existed, she's she's been sent from God. Like she's so well behaved and will sort of play on her own, no bother at all, and is like just a bit of a dream child all told. But whatever happened to her that evening, I'd say it must have been a growth spurt, Nathan, um, <laughs> or uh, or teething or something like that. She was just having an absolute meltdown. There was no placating it whatsoever. Um, and there was another couple who were close enough to us, and uh, I just felt so sorry for them. And then obviously at some point you do that. Um, Listen, sorry about that. Like you know, and oh, look at the politest people on the planet. Obviously, and they were, um, they were. Oh no, listen, we're oh, we're just glad it's not us. <laughs> I'm like, fucking, I bet you are. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, but I don't know. I don't. You know, I don't know what the etiquette is. There's not really much you can do. You don't want to be giving your kid a complex by giving them like a total dressing down, just so everybody else around you knows that 
like you're feeling the pain too. I guess everybody understands that it's a bit of a pressure cooker when the kid kicks off and there's like, there is nothing you can do about it. And normally it is that, that the food arrives and then everything calms down and that just didn't happen with us that night. Um, Jesus, she just kept at it for about 45 minutes um, and it was tough going. I don't know. I think you're obviously dealing with... Green. Uh, no, she's not actually... He, the elder fellow would uh, like any sign of food, like you were talking about getting the hunger pangs. Like he, I don't know, we haven't tried this experiment yet, but at some point or another, I want to just keep giving him more food and see at which point he says, no, I've had enough now. Cause it seems like he's just, his, uh, his hunger for food is, uh, seems like a pretty insatiable appetite. And then he'll also, yeah, the screen is the solution to anything, no matter what's going on. Bit of uh, Paw Patrol or PJ Masks at the minute. And um He's he's anyone's he's he's flying it, but she's not like that at all. So um, yeah, it's normally like a you know you pick her up a few cuddles, maybe a bit of food, and normally that result in peace in the valley. But uh, there was just there was like nothing. And normally I like I'd pick her up and sort of bring her over to a window and say, oh look, there's birds outside. Um, that's been yeah. working for about six months, uh, and not even that will get the job done. So I don't know. Yeah. And I, I felt sorry for the people around us. Yeah. I'm sure they felt a large degree of sympathy for us as well. But like, uh, what can you do? I don't know. I, like, you can do. There's nothing is I, there. It's like... I mean, was it so bad you were tempted to leave? Um, it wasn't, but it wasn't far off. Like, it was a... We were in a campsite in uh, Westport. And so, you know yourself, there's plenty of other families around. Like, I'd say if we were in a... Um, more upmarket venue, or a bit like the Castle Bar in Donegal, the Diamond in Donegal Town. Um, we might have been more tempted to uh, to hightail high, high it. But I, we, we definitely would have been more tempted to hightail it sooner. No question. Right, you were in the pizza place in, was that where yeah. you were? Yes. Yeah, ah, yeah, come yeah. on. There's no, in, no, no level of bad behaviour your child can indulge <laughs> in in such a place. Well, that's, that's the whole reason <laughs> you go there. That was, that was, and that's why we stayed. But um, yeah, no question. No question. That's why we stayed, obviously. But um, but at the same time, I think like I'm I'm just trying to think like that. I'm trying to think back to any experiences that I had where the, where we were in the vicinity. Like I, there's a, you have a totally different outlook. I would have had a totally different outlook to this four years ago before we had kids to now. Here we go. No, I would have been you're you're the you're the judgiest person in Judgeville. Like that's well, you still are, but you're okay. So you're slightly <laughs> less judgy. Slightly less, far less judgy. No. You're like one of those judges who goes off and plays golf with the uh, Oireachtas yeah, members. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Come easy, come easy, go. Nobody sure. washes their hands. Make shaking hands. Um, yeah. So I don't know. And I don't know. There's no great answer to this. Um, it's just a, like, again, that thing of, you know, you find the more people you talk to, the more people have experienced it on both sides, and it makes life a bit easier. And, like, largely, people are not arseholes, apart from that couple that you were sat around your. No, I, I don't feel that they were ourselves at all. I think I, 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 I feel they were, have a lot of sympathy. Sorry, hang on a second. If that couple that you were apologising to had asked to move, would you think they were assholes? Yeah. Well, no. Come it's on, you, you felt bad enough. Yeah, you felt bad enough to apologise to them. You're obviously well. It was like, only a token, sort of a like. Ah, oh, you're such a shallow person. <laughs> it's worst. It was like you're the worst. The really, the really difficult people to understand are those that actually speak to you and say something like, would you mind calming that child down, please? Oh, I'd be struggling. To, oh. I'd be struggling to, I would be struggling to not light on those people. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's unacceptable. Where, but them asking, 
them asking to be moved elsewhere is almost them understanding the difficulty that you're in and that you already have enough on your plate without them putting their nose in and they're politely yeah. wondering if there's somewhere else they can go. I think and that's other, absolutely fine. I, I think the other thing to bear in mind in all of this is that like, as they're making that, as you say, they've maybe understandable request to the waiting staff, you know, you're not sitting there like a patient member of the public. You're sitting there as somebody who's on the edge of the cliff about to fucking jump off because your, your nerves are, you know what I mean? Like it's your, your stress levels are through the roof. So your reaction to their request is not going to be, oh, totally understandable. You sure? You go and enjoy yourself somewhere else. You know, your stress levels are going to be uh, slightly raised. So the moral of the story is just don't bring your kids anywhere. Ever. No. Until they're of a, of a certain age. No. We stopped. No, we that. just stopped going out Did when you? they were younger. Oh, we just, we just, just couldn't. But just, it wasn't going, worth it. So, so we're going out at six. We were going, we, whenever we went out when we were away, it was at six o'clock. And I think if you're going out at six o'clock, you understand that the other people around you are either 90 plus and are going to be asleep by half six or it's families with young kids. Right, like, and so everybody understands the rules of engagement. I think if you're going out at like eight o'clock, and you've got the kids in tow, I think at that point I might be, I might be that couple that were sat near Jared at some point and uh, the kids. Yeah. So the the there's a couple of issues though, like stopping going out. You're not stopping going out because uh, this happens every week to poor old Jared. Yeah. <laughs> you're embarrassing to other people because it's well. No. Great point. He does have to be AM like four <laughs> mornings of the week, and oh, he comes I mean, through loud again clearly. recently. And um, yeah, you hear me now? <laughs> tried again recently. What's <laughs> that, was, that was a good way, good moment to dip in. Are you with us? Can you hear me now? I heard you the whole time. Yeah, the the, the only thing we the only thing we heard, Joe, was you saying we tried again recently. Uh, so just for the avoidance of any doubt, Adrian, as somebody who goes into the office every day and has done for the entire time during the pandemic, apart from when uh, I was getting a recent COVID test, which by the way was negative, um, I've been broadcasting from studio. So this hasn't been an issue most times. Anyway, my point was uh, we tried again recently to go out and have like, a, you know, everybody sitting in their seats and sitting in, but it just, it doesn't work. Like going out is not worth the hassle at the moment. Unless, no. if you bring in the kids, it's just not worth it. It's like, I, I don't know what point you get to this in your life. You're like, for the cost of this meal, we could actually have a really nice time at home. Yes, and there with, would a be no... with a lovely takeaway and a nice bottle of wine. You could even have enough left over to buy the, buy the kids a toy. I'll only go if, the, if their cousins are there. If their cousins are with us and there are other distractions, and we will always go armed with a bag of toys so they'll get to go into the playroom and fill a bag each of their favorite superhero figures and a board game if necessary and screens and the full works just anything to possibly get through the meal without them getting bored and starting to look at each other as potential victims and maybe people at other tables yeah but if you're away though yeah if you're away you bring the full works Especially if you're holidaying in Ireland when you can pack all their toys in the car. Yeah. We'd never if go into a restaurant without a bag full of figurines and dinky cars and whatever else you can possibly squeeze into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, 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 they bring their own bags of crap and 
task but that leaves its own difficulties where they leave stuff behind mm. it's getting up and wandering around and having a look at other tables and like falling over and stepping in front of the waiters and waitresses that you're like oh, man, I don't know I actually I literally can't say it again the knocking over of the first... glass of water oh Jesus oh, every, oh, every time we were, oh, we were... I promise, <laughs> I, promise I won't spill it uh, 10 seconds later, over it goes, usually into your lap. Then yeah. there's also <laughs> crawling under the table and attempting to tie your shoelaces together. We're, uh, we, that, that, that happened to us when we were out one of the evenings and we'd struck up like a bit of a, you know the way when you're out and there's like another couple with similar age kids somewhere close by and you're all like, you know, the kids are eyeing each other up and there's a bit of chat. And so you straight, strike up a bit of a oh, familiarity and we're all, we're all in this shit together <laughs> type scenario. And totally let myself down where, yeah, Con was playing with, a glass of water and it spilled across the table caught me totally on the hop and of course my reaction was oh. <laughs> <laughs> and before I knew it I was like I realised I had absolutely uh, let the side down <laughs> right, oh, two, yeah. two bits of correspondence one short one which uh, I need to uh, particularly you Dave and then the second one is also particularly you Dave but it's very long uh, the first one is Damien Baker from Paris Hello, I love the podcast. I've been listening since the birth of my first son. I'm a father of two young boys, two-year-old and four-month lockdown baby. Congratulations. We live in a two-bed apartment just outside Paris. When I found out we were having a second boy, I thought one of the advantages was the bedroom sharing and we could stay in the two-bed a couple of years longer than if it was boy-girl family. We're still many years away from acquiring a serious discussion about this. I'm hoping at least another 10 or 12 years away. I've been told but I'm optimistic. I was curious at what age you would feel a third bedroom is required based on your children parenting experiences. Looking forward to hearing your opinions. Thanks. Dave, you've got two boys. How long will the two lads share? Uh, in some ways, it's up to them. I, was, I shared a bedroom with my brother, I think, until I was about... 22. Nine, nine, <laughs> nine or ten, I would say. I can't, I can't uh, remember completely accurately, but I was about nine or ten. But there was always the spare bedroom in the house, which had never really been occupied bar Christmas or, you know, an uncle or an auntie or a nana or a granddad or someone was make, making a visit. And I, I, I moved out of the room on the understanding that whenever somebody did come to say that I was back in the room with my brother. Now, I'd say it was nine or 10, and we just got tired of each other. And you get a little bit older, and you have more of your own stuff and more clothes and more football and hurling and soccer and rugby gear and more toys and whatever else the case may be, and school books and school works and your own wardrobe and everything. So I, my own personal experience as a child, probably you'd get away with it until eight or nine, but it depends on whether you have the space. If you don't have the space, it's not really an option. Our two are in there together. We are hoping to be moving soon to a new place so they will have the option if they wish of their own bedroom now i don't know if we're actually going to allow them have that conversation because i'd be worried they might choose to move away from each other because i think it's great for them six and three perfect age they they love being in the same room together so i would say to our listener keep them in the same room for as long as possible because there's something great about uh, two bro brothers living in there together and kind of sharing their own stories and their own experiences I wouldn't, it's not something I would be worried about for a good few years to come. Can you hear me now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get any of that, Jer? Yeah, I heard it all. Yeah, I'd say, oh, no, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't an issue, right? You've got to lash them in there and make them love each other for as long as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think until the elder 
statesman decides yeah. I am 100% out, uh, that's when you have to consider this. But keep them there for as, as long as possible. And I, 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 it was that elder statesman in my case at home when I was a child. So I, I don't think it's going to be a problem for that guy. Obviously, two kids in a two-bed apartment can sometimes make the dwelling feel very small. But it'll feel even smaller if every room is occupied. I'd keep them in there for as long as you possibly can. Because there are times when our two are just not ready to sleep. But, but it is bedtime. And we will give them some toys and the two of them, we can hear them on the monitor. We still, still use the monitor when we're downstairs and they're upstairs in their room. We can hear them playing for half an hour, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, and eventually the chatter dims and the activity lessens. And then before you know it, there's no sound at all. And there's something really special about that. So even if you feel that they are keeping each other awake, still give them a chance. Give them a chance to work it out. It's, it's the best option until, as you say, Jared or I'm not sure which one you said it, the older guy wants out, then it's very difficult trying to stop. Right, so this one is, uh, this one's a good bit longer, right? And I'm going to try my best to, uh, to capture as much detail of it as possible, okay? Um, can you we still can. see me? Yes. Okay. Hi, gentlemen. I've been listening to the podcast over the last few months and my ears pricked when conversation of vasectomies Here was brought up. Here we go. Uh, although the reluctance, and somewhat stereotypical over-dramatization of such a simple procedure. As I was that fully intact tube guy once, I believe that your thoughts on the situation are fueling the reluctance and fears of so many men. So we're actually doing a disservice to people. 12 months ago, I decided to research the procedure. I put a lot of thought into whether it was the best option for myself and my wife. Funnily enough, it was my wife's friend who put me at ease originally. In typical Irish wedding style, drinks flow and conversations on everything and anything are discussed. She mentioned that her own husband had received the procedure and that it was very simple, quick, and in the majority, painless. As she turned and elbowed her husband for him to corroborate her views on the subject, I could see he was surprised and then immediately none too pleased for his privates to be so publicly discussed. <laughs> in fairness, he agreed that it was over and done with 20 minutes. He suffered such little pain that he was out playing football with his young son that evening. However, his wife butted in at this point to remind him that he'd received an O'Neill's football to the scrotum which laid him out on the couch with his balls on ice and munching paracetamol for the evening as a result of not heeding the doc's advice initially. This story has everything. Uh, man gets hit and growing with football is an all-time classic, but particularly post-vasectomy. Uh, knowing that my two sons, aged five and three at the time, had little interest in football or any ball-related sports, something I empathize with Dave on, I knew a similar scenario was very improbable in my case. In addition, the likelihood of my wife going anywhere near that region was unlikely as the kids playing Sorry, was as unlikely as the kids playing football. As you can relate, I'm sure the bedroom exercise regime takes a hit when the kids are young and the bed becomes a place for much needed sleep and recovery rather than anything else. So, not even getting any at that stage. I researched the best place for the job and having ruled out any place close to a 50 mile radius of my northwestern home, I decided to go east. Let's face it, there's nothing worse than walking into a surgery to find a friend, relative, father's friend or local priest in there when you have to make small talk with them, will they know the reason you're there and vice versa? That to me was far more uncomfortable than the actual thought of a stranger slitting my sack and snipping my tubes. So with the referral from my GP, I found Dr. Emmett Byrne. Is this of Leinster, Leinster rugby fame? Wow, friend of the show. <laughs> He'd uh, dissect the, the, the dark arts of the front row and your sack all at the same time. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> the questions we could have been asking him. Well, look, I found Dr. Emma Byrne, former Leinster and Ireland prop and a previous contributor to your great show. Now, a prop is not the first person that comes to mind <laughs> for someone with good ball handling skills. 
But a, hey. medically, but a medically qualified centre with soft hands evaded my Google research. As it was coming close to the Rugby World Cup, I thought it would be nice to sit and chat to Emmett about his thoughts on Ireland's prospects while he rummaged in my ball bag. But really, <laughs> really, what swung it for me was that it was only going to cost me 60 quid as my health insurance was going to cover 240. You might say it was a... Snip. A deal. So I booked in and was told to bring a pair of supportive underpants and to shave the front of my scrotum. Unsure as to what is classified as the front of a scrotum, given that it's, you know, circular, I thought it was better to shave it all rather than having to ring up to get further clarification from the female receptionist who was a lovely lady, I must add, but I didn't want to advertise my stupidity to her. I'm sure she's seen a lot of stupid people ask her very stupid questions, so don't worry about it. Dr. Emmett was a pure gentleman, as I'm sure you can all attest to. He sat and talked me through the procedure and the small potential risks the aftercare service offered and how I should be feeling after it. His passion for rugby has not waned one bit since moving into the medical profession. I suppose looking at balls all day long brings him back to his playing days. He's such a deep thinker of the game. So happy I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> He's such a deep thinker of the game and so happy to talk to anyone about rugby, even a novice like myself. So after chatting about the procedure, we talked more about pressing matters, the pending World Cup and Ireland prospects, while I dropped my trousers and I climbed up on the bed. He sprayed a cold, numbing spray in my privates to reduce the pain of the needle being inserted into the scrotum. Mentioned he didn't think Ireland would get past the quarterfinals. I'm not sure if it was this statement or whether it was the slight pinch of the local anesthetic needle piercing my scrotum. But either way, it was fleeting. As he continued on and discussed Ireland's strengths and weaknesses, I could feel a little tug here and there, but it was in no way uncomfortable as I lay there feeling so relaxed considering there was a giant of a man holding my life makers in his hands, snipping and stitching. The procedure was over in 10 to 15 minutes. There was some cauterizing of the tubes where you can see a little smoke rise from down below. A little goodbye smoke signal from your fertile sperm, I like to think. <laughs> what are you talking about? What's, like, none of this sounds that bad. Uh, it reminds me of, you know, when you go into the dentist, gets, there's, there's an area of your teeth where they would work on. I had this done relatively recently and they stick a needle into your gum, up into your gum, into yeah. the out of your mouth. Yeah. Uh, that's what it, it sounds. Just need, some places that needles just shouldn't be allowed. In your sack, I think, is one of them. Well, I mean... <laughs> This is an important procedure that is going to help to prevent the overpopulation of the planet here. I think that, like, we're doing our bit. Uh, whereas it, I, it didn't smell anything too nasty. We sat for another 20 minutes talking about rugby in a summer house in the northwest, close to my granny, and I walked out of the surgery where I felt like a more elevated or proud crotch. This was more to do with my wife runs pulled up to my moves to support my wounded reproductive system, which was advised by Emmett rather than me feeling smug and wanting to advertise to everyone that I was a newly de-seated man ready to meet the onrush of ladies. In fact, this was a far superior walk than that of which I had initially envisioned. John Wayne, after riding a horse for several hours, for the look, was the look I thought I would have. I handed over my money, received a brown envelope and a vial to send back in four months with a sperm sample to see if I was infertile. Because apparently, as we know, it can, uh, there can be fertile sperm cells knocking around for a few months after surgery, so you need to don the love glove in the meantime. Uh, Pakani's writing this, apparently. <laughs> After leaving the surgery... How long has this gone, that message? I'm nearly finished. I'm nearly finished. After leaving the surgery, my wife announced that she would like to pop down the road to Liffey Valley to do some shopping. It'd be rude not to, seeing we were so close. Now, to be honest, this statement was a bigger pain in the balls than the surgery, but I decided to be nice and agreed. I was thinking maybe she's going to buy me something nice considering the butchering I've gone through. She might get herself something sexy for when I'll be back in action in my head. I had proven no greater act of love than to give up my seed for her. Whatever may happen between us, she would be the only woman to carry my offspring. Why shouldn't she shower me with gifts? 
feed me grapes as I lay on the couch and bathe me in milk and honey when I wish for it. This stream of consciousness was gathering momentum when I started to feel the first signs of uncomfort while I was sitting on one of those benches outside Lifestyle Sports in Liffey Valley. I managed for a few minutes before popping paracetamol, a good doc had given me when I was leaving. It was what I would describe as a dull ache rather than a stinging sharp pain. I felt I could handle it. I was comforted by the fact that I would all be worth it when I received my present from my wife, which ended up being zilch, not so much as a Cadbury Freddo bar. Anyway, we returned home where I was allowed to lie on the couch and watch sports and Netflix, slight discomforts over the next few days, hyper alert for the kids and their ability to punch me in the balls. Kids know instinctively when you've had surgery. Out of nowhere, they run at you, jump on the couch or throw things. This is the one thing that would put me off. It's the fact that my kids start punching me in the balls accidentally over the next while. Anyway, all good, pain-free, blood-free, but not condom-free. I did feel a little tender in the area after going back jogging. This lasted for a month or so until I got a more supportive pair of jocks. In conclusion, I would totally encourage any man, Dave, to get this procedure done if they feel it's the best option for them. Minimal risks, not scary, not painful, that, uh, people that ought to be. I think men, and that's men in small letters, you, Adrian, and you, Nathan, uh, let this build up and the fear around the procedure in order to support the theory that I don't want anyone going down there with a knife. It's time to man up and take responsibility for our contraception and our responsibilities as a husband and a father. The bedroom exercises are more frequent and free-flowing without the pausing and fumbling in the bedside locker for the rubber raincoats. Anyway, these are my thoughts and experiences. Feel free to share and discuss if you think they'll persuade Dave to commit to the act or if it will help any listeners to consider this as an option for them. I love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Kind regards. P.S. I have not received any payment from Dr. Byrne for this endorsement, and I'm sure there are many other reputable surgeries out there who will provide a good service, but maybe not the same quality level of ruby analysis and chat at the same time. Good man. I feel a pain. I've, I've, I've Don't be a coward. I felt tense from most of that, most of that email. I, can't, I can only imagine what Dave must be feeling like, given that it's a pending situation for him. This guy has too much time in his hands. That is the longest email any man has ever written. <laughs> okay, fair play to him for taking the time to correspond with us in such detail. It hasn't altered my thinking on the matter in any way. You know, as, a, as a famous father once said, I'm none too plussed about what we've just heard. So, um, you know, I'm indifferent. Fair play to him. It seems to have worked out for him. It's still something on my to-do list, albeit... I won't lie, it's well down the numbers. How would uh, you feel about having somebody you know do it? Probably even more uncomfortable. Would, you, would it not be like comforting? I to, no, it wouldn't. I don't Emma, want Emma. I don't want Emmett. And you know, I would have interviewed and chatted rugby with that man many, many times over the years and off the ball. I just don't want my satchel in his hands. satchel! <laughs> <laughs> while, while he holds a scalpel at the same time. Here, is there a possibility, could, could we double these things up? Is there a possibility of like sending the, remember we were talking about getting the video crew out, like so we still do that. Could we do that and then you get your sack taken off and like preview. Wednesday night rugby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Two and one. <laughs> oh, that'd be, I think that'd be, that'd be good synergy right Come there. Come on, Dave, for the content, just think of the content. The content is the problem. I don't want anyone fiddling with the content. <laughs> it'd be it'd be an unforgettable piece of content <laughs> it's unlikely right I, I would t let's say it's unlikely that if and right now i'm just not pushed in in getting it done at the moment so it's a huge if i was to get the procedure done the chances of allowing the cameras slash microphones 
be a part of the process are slim to none. Okay. This week on Dadcast, we've got a 100 euro voucher of a Killery Adventure Centre up for grabs for you and your family to enter. Just head over to the Dadcast Twitter channel and retweet our competition post, which will be pinned at the top of the page. It's that simple. And it's all with thanks to our good friends over in Cadbury and the new Fredo Treasures Space Series. And uh, of course, uh, Dadcast is brought to you, our misadventures in parenting, by uh, Cadbury Fredo Treasures. Discover the new Fredo Treasures, the Space Series, with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons and one surprise toy in every chest. I, I, look, the, the short-term pain of having us all watch your injected, injected <laughs> balls or the shaving, the humiliation, it's not like the, it would disappear from the internet in a week, Dave. There would be no record of it. Don't worry, it'd be expunged. I'm absolutely sure that would be the case, yes, but it still doesn't make it any more an appetizing experience that I want to go through. This has basically become a podcast about a snip that never happens. It's like a weird uh, snip-obsessed series of Seinfeld. Where I think as a quartet, we just need to move on. I bet if you got it, Dave, you could get in the Late Late Show. 100%. <laughs> it's 100% the type of thing they would do. Yeah, they, but the thing is, Nathan, they would insist on him doing the live de-sacking on the Late Late and we'd lose the exclusive. Yeah, that is true. I would, I'd do it for Ryan, but I wouldn't do it for you, lads. You probably would, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There was one last thing that we, uh, people, somebody wanted to bring up. Birthdays and presents, a toxic combination. The jealousy, bitterness, and mean-spiritedness it triggers is stomach-churning. Like Christmas Day, it makes what should be a wonderful occasion, a soulless and hollow experience. I don't know who wrote this because it's anonymous, but I know it's you, Dave, right? As you say, it's anonymous. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> no one can tell who has delivered what pieces into our Google document that we have ongoing. Okay, so that was a, an, uh, an email in from a listener who <laughs> wanted to talk about a problem their friend was having. But yeah, look, I, I think I've brought up the Christmas Day experience before. It, it's, it just does something to the... It triggers a chemical imbalance in these young people and their young minds that takes almost all of the goodness away from what has taken place and the day itself as it unfolds. And now that's just my opinion. Nathan, you and Jared to a slightly lesser extent will have experienced more birthdays than Adrian and I, but I don't know if you've shared a similar experience. Oh yeah, the, the jealousy is uh, hardwired into humankind. It's part of, it's, uh, sorry, it's, it's hardwired into all animal life. Uh, experiments have proven this repeatedly that if, if you, it's the capuchin monkeys one where they give the monkeys the same thing every day, every day for months and months and months. And then one day, one monkey gets something other than the other one and goes absolutely apeshit. Like as soon as there's any sense of injustice, um, maybe it's injustice as opposed to jealousy, but who knows? Like these two things are fairly similarly aligned. People don't care about injustice unless it impacts them. As we've seen, if the whole world could be completely unjust, but if you're grand, you tend not to care that much about it. So it's, it's not just the jealousy. It's that, so that you would expect to be on the part of the person whose birthday it is not on that given day. But it's from the birthday boy himself. <laughs> oh, taunting. No, not taunting. No, it's just... You know, on Christmas Day, it's more about the unwrapping of the presents than the present within. 
So they don't really care what they've been given. It's been discarded within 10 minutes. And this is the sort of privileged upbringing that our children are being subjected to, that there is such a multitude of presents that each individual present loses its value. And they don't really want for anything and they don't attach a value to one specific present. Whereas if there was only the one, its value would be enhanced massively. And that's an issue I think all parents face, both on birthdays and Christmas and special occasions. And it's not like when one of our lads has a birthday that they're showered with gifts because we kind of nip that in the bud. Yeah. But it's almost like the demanding of a present or when somebody calls to the house, where's their present? Um, I thought I was getting this present and, and I didn't get it and I got, I got this and, so, and you're just going, it's, it's nearly, would nearly bring a tear to the eye because it's supposed to be a really special occasion. It only happens once a year and the buildup is weeks long because they know that somewhere down the tracks their birthday is in, incoming and I didn't enjoy it and I don't enjoy Christmas morning for the sa- exact same reason. I don't know. Nathan, does it get easier as they get older or get, does it get worse? Um, yeah, they've never had major issues. I f- find a lot of people both um, give them both presents. Sorry, it's absolute carnage outside my front door right now. <laughs> the lads have just arrived home from their first day in school and their sister is not coping well with it. Uh, if you're hearing some good background noise. Um, yeah, I find like p- grandparents buy them both a present which sort of somehow yeah that did happen that does happen yeah a little bit but there's a anytime like if one of them has saved up some money but the other one hasn't there's world war three that even though one of them has done the right thing and you know not spent all their money and has 20 somehow managed to get 20 quid and the other one is you know just throwing it around willy-nilly but now doesn't have 20 quid a full-on meltdown that well even though i haven't saved my money i should still get the same thing as he's getting like well tough shit like so you're sending them to Sunday school so that they can learn about the prodigal son. Is that what's happening? Yes. And then, I mean, this is where religion, the absence of religion in our lives is like, could I just make up some story that is kind of a parable somewhere along the way? <laughs> can I threaten them with a hell that I don't believe in? Or it's just, uh, you can see why uh, people reach for those solutions. It's like, well, you're going to hell. You say that again, you're going to hell. That might that might stiffen things up a little bit. I don't know. Where do you go after hell? Like, well, I suppose you're going to purgatory first. You know, there's like right. definitely there's a. They're not. They're not. Graduation. Um, the Vatican not decide the purgatory wasn't a thing. I was at limbo. Remember look, man, that years ago. I mean, look. Ah, just, just, just anymore. You don't have to stick to what they. You know. I mean, I'm already. I don't. I don't believe in any of that shite. So, like, at least I'm just. I'm just stealing it for. Uh, um, David, I, sometimes it gets better. There are some years where everything's fine and it doesn't yeah. matter. I think, I think laying the groundwork for all that time is like, do you remember what you got for your birthday? Mm. That was what happened. That's when you got the stuff that was yours. So you've had your bit. This is your birth. You make that pile up. This is your stuff from that. Yeah, I, get, I understand that. But that's mainly dealing with the jealousy aspect of it, which was the lesser of the two issues. Um, the main issue is the lack of appreciation of what's been received and oh. um, from the birthday person. Okay. Yeah. Jesus, like, look, you just got to take the embarrassment, especially if they say it to family members. Well, that's a shy present. It's, I, 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 embar- embarrassment was definitely not a feeling that 
that I would have experienced. It would have been more frustration, disappointment, Rage. wanting the day to be great. And it wasn't really because the person you want to have the most fun on the day isn't having enough fun because they're preoccupied with what was given or not given or, um, I don't know. I've, when, when it comes to Christmas, we've asked all the relatives to combine together and just get one single item because a stack of presents all having the wrapping ripped away and then a five second glance at the contents before the eyes move on to the next one and then repeat the same process is very hollow to watch. There you go. I mean, you're, you're a communist, Dave, and, uh, and I, I love you for it. <laughs> well, I'd love to hear from other parents. Clearly, you, uh, I'm starting to worry now that this is something that's uh, specific to me. No, it's because not. You like, guys are just, you guys are always nodding in sympathy, but not empathy. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't actually remember back to Christmas. Like, I, I just can't. You're asking me now to remember stuff that, like... Yeah, but you've gone through about eight Christmases but now I, with kids. Absolutely. The chances of actually remembering any of it were, like, so... You're up quite late the night before and you don't sleep great and you wake up in the morning and you're like, I must film this so that I can look back on it and see what's actually happening here. And uh, yeah, I don't, I, I think the act of opening the stuff is actually the thing that they get the joy from. It's not that, I don't think it's hollow. And like a lot of the presents don't get played in that immediate 20 minute window. But months later, they're still playing with the stuff they got at Christmas. And like, it's not an, they're not, they actually don't understand anything really about like where this comes from or how how lucky they are to be in a situation where there's a family unit there opening stuff up at that time. I'm not saying I was cognizant enough at their age to have any feeling for what the realities of the situation were. I obviously wasn't. In fact, I'd say they're more advanced than I was. To say I was sharp as a child would be an overstatement. But you would love them to be, I, maybe I'm looking for some kind of, you know, merry old England type perfect world scenario where they look into your eyes and they say, thank you, Papa, for this <laughs> yeah. amazing present. And I really must write another letter to Santa Claus because who in the wildest dreams could have, you know, dreamt of what would befall us on this beautiful Christmas morning and this gorgeous frost that's laying on the ground outside and the Robin Redbreast looking in as I re remove the wrapper from the only <laughs> present I got and it's the present of my dreams. Probably not going to happen. No. That's unlikely, Dave. I can't imagine there are any on the planet <laughs> where the kids are... Uh... I thoughtful mind breast as they're opening their uh... I, I think uh, it certainly sounded a little bit like and I, I'm not a psychologist but that you were you were a little bit vicariously and your happiness is dependent on your, your kid's happiness like you've done everything you can right and the kid is actually going to be happy 20 minutes later whichever of your sons it is it's going to be happy so there is this act of opening stuff and that in itself gives a massive dopamine rush they come down off that they do it again, they get high, they come down, they get high, they come down. There's a, at some point in the afternoon, there'll be a mellow. And the mellow comes months later when they're still playing with the toys. Like we, we fairness, they, do, they do pull each toy out at some stage and play yeah. with it. You but would find stuff on the floor that hasn't been seen in six months. And that's, that's nice. What's the point? What's the point of them getting presents? To make us happy. That we've, we've gone out and worked and earned and created to be able to give us the freedom to give them something. They're not like, 
if they don't get any presents, if you didn't tell them it was Christmas Day, they wouldn't know it's Christmas Day and they wouldn't feel any better. Because really, all any kid wants is a hug and to be told, you're great and I love you. And here's a joke. Yeah. And here's your dinner. I don't know about you'd that. Be, you'd, need collective, you'd need collective buy-in for that one, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because Johnny, Johnny's parents also tell him they love him, but they also buy him loads of nice shit. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm that's pretty sure. They love him more. I'm pretty sure if after four years, my boys came to me and said, "You know, Sam in school, he had a birthday there last week. I don't seem to have had a birthday for about four years." Well, I did have I that mean, birthday where you gave me a big, big warm hug. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hug it out? No, <laughs> I want a birthday. <laughs> you people are dumbasses. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Well, anyway, there you go. I'm sure next year's birthday experience will be far better. Yeah. Dadcast at offtheball.com. Uh, Dadcast, The Misadventures of Parenting, brought to you by Cadbury Fredo Treasures. Discover the new Fredo Treasures, the space series, with Cadbury Dairyman buttons and one surprise toy in every chest. I've asked Emma Byrne to come on the show, by the way. I was, my hope was that I was going to read that out, and you were going to say, no, I don't want Emma Byrne rooting around in my sack. And I'll go, oh, welcome to the show. In the waiting, in the waiting room on our Zoom call, <laughs> Dr. Emmett Burr. So we'll see. Hopefully he'll come on in the next few weeks and convince you to, to, to move it up your list of priorities. He might wave his fee. Yeah, well, we could as get... As long as that's all that's being waved, Nathan. <laughs> uh, we could do like a live, a live consultation to see how appropriate for the, <laughs> the operation your, uh, your area is. What if he what was... What scalpel he needs. What if he offered to do all four for free? Or... If unless all four bought in, everyone was uh, all well. There, there, there's a difference here between some people philosophically agreeing to have it done and then just not getting around to it, and then others. And I think we're sort of split. No. yourself and uh, <laughs> a bit like a sack. on that philosophical <laughs> side, and then have a Nathan, I think, who just don't want it done. No, yes, no thanks exactly. The, no thanks to the group on. Uh, that's what we were saying, <laughs> and, and I'm sure. Uh, Look, that guy, that was as good a recommendation as we've had for anybody ever for any of the things. Uh, even bigger recommendation than you that you were on that um, kickback from the Spanish hotels that time, Nathan. That was, uh, I, I t- going, um, bringing the story full circle and children going mad. When I read all the reviews of that hotel, they were all, so the reviews are incredibly negative. It had a really low TripAdvisor rating, which when I first saw after we booked, I was like, uh-oh. But it turned out it was all from couples who had booked into this hotel not realizing that it was family a hotel. family destination Boom. and even in the hotel they have a separate adult sort of an adult pool but also an adult part of the restaurant where it's like i think five tables but outside the door are 500 screaming children and every single adult in there looks unbelievably miserable as to how they ended up booking <laughs> the worst hotel in the world so you want to go somewhere where it's acceptable for your child to act the box yeah, <laughs> like that pizza place that uh, Adrian was talking about. Mm. Right, last point. Anybody got anything else they want to get off their chests? Uh, one very quick one for me. I uh, tweeted this out during the week. The I'd uh, just uh, the wrap on my uh, holiday adventures was it might have been Sunday night. And I was lying putting uh, the eldest lad to bed, and I felt we'd like had a massive connection over the couple of weeks. Like uh, that, you know, it's a deeper thing than when you're just kind of flitting in and out of their lives. Um, and that we really had connected. And I just wanted to make sure that we rounded it off with like a, that he understood that, you know, we made this connection and we shouldn't just drop it there that, you know, hopefully beyond the holidays, 
uh, will still be, you know, this, uh, this, this, this bound connection of father and son. So I thought I'd just sort of make sure that he knew about that and uh, took the moment as we were, he was dozing off in our bed to sort of say to him, listen, son, you know, so anything that you ever want to talk about, like I'm your man, any questions you need, any of that sort of stuff, you just holler because I'm here for you. And you don't know what like a three and a half year old with this stuff is sort of going in one ear and out the other. You sort of assume it might be. And he was like, oh, sure, dad, yeah. And I was like, no, listen, you know, just so you know, anything at all, like any sort of an issue you might have or questions, anything at all, um, I'm your man. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I was like, so then he turned around to me and he went, dad. And I was like, like, I almost took a, took a step back. I was like the proudest dad in Proudsville thinking, here we go. Like I've actually... You know, that point about it being in one ear and out the other. I've actually, this is a real connection. He's He's been sitting on this issue for a while. And now my invite has offered him the opportunity to come forward and, and offload. So I was like proud as punch. I was like, yes, son. As I leaned into him, dad, can you send my mom up? <laughs> Why do we have those conversations with our kids in the first place? It always just seems to go in one ear and out the other. Oh, yeah. If there's ever anything you want to talk about, they're like, yeah. get away from me, you weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, uh, <laughs> this week's DadCast is in the books. We'll see you next week. Thanks. DadCast, Misadventures in Parenting. Brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasures Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, one surprise toy in every chest.